0: You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network.
1: Welcome to Heritage Voices, episode 77. I'm Jessica Yuquinto and I'm your host. And today we are talking about Eshtok Gana Somisike, the human beings of Texas. Before we begin, I'd like to honor and acknowledge that the lands I'm recording on today are part of the Nooch or Ute People's Treaty Lands, the Dinétá and the Ancestral Puebloan homeland. And today we have Chairman Juan Mancias on the show. And Chairman, if you'd like to introduce yourself.
2: My name is uh, Juan Mancias, I'm Juan Benito Mancias. I'm named after both my grandfathers. Just because my name is Spanish doesn't you know, necessarily make me Mexican national. I was born in Texas and so were like seven other generations before me, from New Mexico to, to Texas and uh, so that's um and you can just call me one so <laughs> i graduated from uh, one of the worst schools that i think for the fossil fuels at texas tech university and um, degree in political science and i also have a certification from incarnate word university in san antonio and a lot of the, of what I've done and mostly in behavioral studies and uh, worked a lot with archaeologists and anthropologists and looking at uh, sociology from 12 hours from getting my master's and uh, which I think sometimes in my own way, I think it's futile because unless you got the paper, nobody wants to listen to you. But what, I'm, what I have to say is that it comes from uh, a lot from um, oral histories and. My own research of almost like thirty eight years of research for um, you know trying to to validate my grandfather's words, my grandmother's words, and uh, trying to relocate the lands that um, were ours along the Rio Grande and all the way up into into the canyons of of uh, the the panhandle. Uh, There's Uh, even a place up in Colorado in El El Campo Campo, called Carrizo Canyon. So, I mean, that says a lot. And and some of the research that I've done, and other peoples have done, which a lot of times has been done by non-natives and been done by people who are not really uh, aware of of the presence of the native people in Texas. Because for the the longest time, I would tell them that I was a native from uh, native original person of Texas. They would tell me I uh, they didn't know that there were any Indians in Texas, and it's funny, it's funny <laughs> that that we hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm at a point where I need to um, just make sure that the history is being told correctly because it's been romanticized a lot. By those who have discovered that they do have indi- in some indigeneity in, the, in their bloodline, and so I work on trying to make sure that everybody understands the sacred sites and the history. There is just not one sacred site, and it's not just in one place. A lot of those sacred sites were destroyed and, and misnamed, like Devil's River and, and the Devil's Watering Hole, and they named them because they were sacred to us and. Of course, they consider us to be the the wild Indians of Texas, and because we didn't stay in in the missions. They displaced a lot of a lot of tribes out of Mexico and brought them in here. And um, we're not Coahuiltecan speakers. So I, this is part of my my uh, disclaimer to doing a bio about myself that we're not Coahuiltecan speakers. So I just want to let you know that uh, I. I have done a, a extensive research research on a lot of this thing. We do have the information and in the documents. Romanticizing a lot of the stuff that that it's been romanticized in the past. Uh, as far as I know, you know we've always been for the human beings, and we stood our ground for almost a year and a half. We occupied some land down in South Texas, protect a, a grave site and. Um, Literally um, took a while to make people realize that there had been 28 laws that had been abolished by um, the Homeland Security to build the wall. Those laws are still are still waived. They they haven't been rescinded, and I think that they're taking advantage of them in so, in some of the in some of the counties for uh, some of the so-called science that's going on there and some of the gentrification that's been going on. But there are stories uh, about those areas, and uh, uh, and I think it's just a matter of trying to get the history together for what's going on. But when they waived uh, 28 of the environmental – well, 26 of the environmental laws, and then they waived uh, the Native American Grace Protection Repatriation Act and also the um, American Indian Religious Freedom Act, it uh, put us in a very strange position of trying to protect the lands – and I, and I believe in protecting the lands is how we're going to abolish the whole mentality of tribal erasure of this country through, you know, blood quantum and through all of that. And it's the only way we can do it is maintaining our teachings. And if you don't know those sacred sites, you may not know the teachings. And if you don't know your language, you may not know the sacred sites. So um, that's who I am. Um uh, uh, that's a little too long too, still, but uh, for a bio. <laughs> but there's a lot more to go. There's just so much more.
1: Yeah, you got to start it on lots of topics. I also just want to throw in here a thank you to ANCUS of the World Monuments Fund who connected us. Yes. The World Monuments Fund added Garcia Pasture, which we'll be talking about, to the 2022 World Monuments Watch. So yeah, so very excited to have you on the show. You know, Anne has been talking about having you on for for quite a while now. So I'm glad that we're we're finally connected.
2: Yes, thank you. I, I've had to uh, jump a lot of hurdles just to to be able to bring some of these stories to light and and not feel like I'm romanticizing the culture in any way because I I feel like. Even people of their own of their own tribal descent have a have a tendency to appropriate their own culture, and there's always some sort of a traditional manner of dealing with our with our uh, decision making, and uh, a lot of times people have a hard time with traditional councils, you know, and that's been the fact all along.
1: Yeah. So I guess to get us started since there's there's so many different directions we could go so many interesting things to talk about but let's start with how you got into this type of work and these efforts i'm sure it's a, a longer journey you know since you're tribal chairman but yeah we'll we'll start there and you can you can go with that where you think is best
2: i started you know, it no i don't know maybe when I was just like really at six months, years, six months, I mean, they say that they were singing songs to me. My grandma would bring some of the elders to sing songs to me when I was six months old. And I think a lot of that kind of hung on to me and stayed with me. But I think the biggest part of it is watching how, how distant the civil rights movement was for me when growing up, watching it on TV, that it seemed like it was a totally different other land because we were so... And some, we were economically despaired from what was going on, and and traveling. And I was I was just a the son of of a mom who, who had come from a large family who were migrants, and from a father who was uh, a cowboy working the ranches in South Texas. And my dad was uh, deaf, and he lost his hearing uh, from. An accident he had. And that was a year and a half. So, um, knowing that and knowing that my dad was such a um, ambitious person, and my mom uh, was there for him, just about all the time, it, it helped a little bit. I'm not saying that they were the, you know, the perfect people, but you know, they were they were good people, and they helped a lot of people and gave them homes and stuff and. And I recognized that there was a a trend that was going on. And I started asking questions uh, of of them and my grandfather and my grandmother. So a lot of that, a lot of that I started recording. And I think this, once I got into, got out of high school, got into college, I decided I was going to try and discredit a lot of those stories to see if they were true and finding out that. They were all true. It just took a lot, a lot, a lot of time. Like the whole story about my grandfather telling us to go and get our lands back uh, done in around the in Peñitas, which is in Hidalgo County, and then finding out that that land ran on both sides of the river. That they he didn't they didn't understand that that process of visas and all that and green cards, but he was born. Uh, on this side of the river, and so was my grandma, because Brownsville used to not be called Brownsville until after it became state. And that's the same thing with a lot of the, the cities that are on on the United States side now. They used to have the same names, like Reynosa was called Reynosa, and Matamoros was called Matamoros on both sides. Just like Laredo is called Laredo, and then Nuevo Laredo on the other side. And, of course, I, I started... Looking into this, because in 1920, I believe, uh, they changed the whole um, the city of uh, what used to be called Carrizo down there and, and changed it to Zapata, Texas, after Antonio Zapata, who was the first, well, he was he was the Zapatista that we have, you know, down up in the river. He fought under the flag of the Republic of the Rio Grande, which later... Was deemed treasonous by the by the Texas government, and their lands taken away because of that. But there were three hundred of our warriors that fought in that that we know of, that is documented. And of course, um, Antonio Zapata being one of the guys that was um, was also Carrizo. He was a, they called him Greasy Hat, so because <laughs> he. Wore the same hat, and it had a lot of uh, from sweating on it. There's those kind of things that started make me, make me realize that there had, there was something there, and then I started realizing that they were changing names to accommodate the settler, the settler mentality, the colonizer mentality, and and our own people were also losing a lot of their culture because of um, the um, oppression of the language of spanish and which was the first oppressive language to us and there was a lot of history there there's um, there's evidence up around lake lake ellen henry which is also a place where the picture of the mothman prob, the mothman is at which connects us to some of the prophecies that are even ongoing today there's a picture of a um, one of the missions where they were cutting off the feet and the hands of my ancestors to convert them or to get rid of them so they get out of the way so they could get it at the environment and that's exactly what they continue to do today with their sacrifice zones that they're setting up it's not a document that's our documents that those are our files that is our bible and of course you know because of people looking at us as not knowing anything they have a lot to learn about our science and how we survived. And they found they would always find ways of demeaning us in, in Texas. And that's why when the compression of um, pushing a lot of the tribes toward the plains and, uh, and even through the Trail of Tears, the Long Walk, while I'm trying to relocate the tribes just like they had done before with some of our young people, uh, when they came in and separated the families by stealing the children and taking them to Mexico and teaching them spanish and 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 nahua which is the the language of the people in mexico City they would bring them back as interpreters and of course uh, we found it really hard to accept them back in uh, they took they would take them at, when they were five or six years old at the age of 15 they bring them back you know so you're looking at a ten-year difference there, and a lot of the people had already moved on and, and uh, moved away from the areas, but they could speak the language. So that was um, that was one of those uh, things that we had to uh, understand that was happening to our people on this side of the river. But now, you know, with the the colonization of the Howard the Wheeler Howard Act. Of nineteen thirty four, even a lot of our people uh, distinguish Mexican Indian or American Indian, so that we buy into the colonization and the, set, the settler mentality, and 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 kind of discredit that ideals. Like those guys down there, they have they have no ceremonies, you know. <laughs> but we were we were like the buffer zone of what was happening further south and further north. If you look up history, you'll find that the Carrizo and Kumecrulos which is us the were the people of the of the land and uh, we were the people that um lived on the peyote grounds and, which is another big factor in our probably you know survival is trying to protect those lands and knowing that this land, the land is sacred because the medicine grows there so that's that's uh how i got into all of this realizing the research that I had done myself just to make sure that our future generations understood that there's a history here and that history is important. It can't be erased in any way. And they're trying very hard to erase it so they can continue taking the resources of this land because 530 years ago, that's uh, how long it's been now since this genocide has been going on in the Americas and, uh, They came here to take all the resources. So they took all the gold and took the silver, took whatever riches they could, and took them overseas. They exported them to Europe. And the kings and queens and the barons and lords, they all got their, their, you know, they they got their riches. And here we are 530 years later, and the same thing is still happening. We're still exporting the resources, the rich resources of this land overseas and now uh, what with these resources it's really hampering human life and the environment and it's not a question of uh, of us protesting and it's not a question of us lobbying it's a question of us protecting what we have and uh, it's not because we own the land We, we we don't own the land it's that the land owns us and we have to learn to respect that land that way, and this is why I do what I do. And uh, and it gets rather exhausting, but <laughs> it's it's a it's a question of truly decolonizing ourselves from being puppet governments to to a, a larger government that uh, doesn't doesn't really recognize or want to recognize even if you are federally recognized those tribes because we have no say. We have no representation in this government, and um, we're not the ones writing the laws. We didn't write the constitution, so there's there's always that those things that people don't recognize the fact that we were never rep- represented. That we were we were the uh, people that were being sacrificed for the riches of, of a few of, of the plantation mentality that exists even today. There's still a plantation mentality with the the uh the whole thing with oh uh, well, we don't want to you know pay mi- minimum wage we don't want to be there's uh, no economic disparity uh we we want to be equitable and uh, i mean it used to be we want to be equal now they're using the word word equi- equitable equitable means to be fair and and they define what's fair and that's one of the reasons that i'm still in here and that's why i'm I want to change the narrative. I have a a hashtag that I use a lot that says change the narrative. Hashtag change the narrative. Because um, uh, when they passed the no-protest law here in Texas, I was there when they were voting on it and disrupted the vote. And and basically because I don't believe that their idea of critical infrastructure is their Derrick's, their... Oil wells and you know their terminals, their LNG terminals, or their oil terminals, or their petrochem plants. Uh, I don't think, or the pipelines. I don't think that's critical infrastructure. Critical infrastructure is that the water, the air, and the land. And the thing that they're doing is, you know, they're they're charging for all of that. Some people are talking about water security because I mean, now they want to desalinate the ocean take more water and um, why so they can continue to you know damage the damage the planet that we live on and then you got their scientists going around saying well we can go always go to Mars and invade it I don't care what life forms there are that's what Elon Musk said they better watch out because we're coming and that's exactly what they did here 530 years ago they came in here with a doctrine of discovery and they threw it in our faces and said you guys don't believe like we do you don't look like I do so we're going to get rid of you and that mentality is still there you can see it in all the um, the racism that, that that still occurs in the south and especially right now along along the wall and with the LNGs that they're trying to put up in Cameron County you can see it with the people that that Favor their their Spaniard blood more than they do their native blood of these lands because they've been led to believe that you know being native is you know is not human it's not godlike whatever god they believe in and that makes it that makes it really difficult for um, for who we are and trying to maintain our own traditions maintain our own uh, way of life because. Um, Even though there's an American Indian Religious Freedom Act, um, they had us buying into the whole thing that our way was a religion, but it was a way of life. We lived that way. We had to learn to live with nature.
1: So Chairman Mencius was really on a roll during this conversation, talking about so many important different things, and I didn't want to cut him off. So these breaks, this is going to be the first break. And you'll notice that the conversation just flows right back in right after the break because he was still talking.
0: Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com aware.
1: All right, and jumping right back into uh, where Chairman Mencius left off.
0: There's a,
2: a YouTube Channel that the, the um, documentary that was uh, directed by Carolina Callecedo and David de las Rosas uh, from Colombia, and uh, it's called Teaching of the Hands, and I narrated it, and it's one of our teachings about the about what what the hand means and what you can see in your hand, because it, it's a it's a science and it's a mathematical sequence of things that that can that can happen the misinterpretations of a lot of our paintings the new age indians that have are uh, trying to reclaim their their own blood without any teachings because dna doesn't carry the teachings it only carries the that concentration of dna but doesn't give you the teachings if you don't know who you are if you don't know what what nation you come from and that's one of the problems that we're running into with the more conservative mentality of of people wanting to uh, to be uh, indigenous, and I struggle with the word indigenous, but uh, again, it's a catch all term. That's why we prefer to call ourselves shtokna, because we are the um, the human beings of Somisak, and that means that we are from this. We are from this land, and uh, the evidence is there. The paintings are there. And you can only interpret them if you know our language, like the where we have the unification of the arrows dance. It's it's on the some of the medicine wheels you find denote our, our harvest dance, and all of that is painted on the walls. The solstice site, and the heart, the equinox site at Paint Rock. You know everybody's trying to claim now. Before nobody claimed it, and I've been going out there for years, my grandfather would stop by there and drop tobacco. And that I know, cause we, I I would ask the questions, why were we doing this? They knew all the plants. I remember getting waterlogged while we were out there hoeing cotton and, uh, him handing me, you know, say, uh, the artesimia, which is the white, the white sage from this area. And, um, letting me smell it, and I was fine afterwards. But, see, these things are all dying, and it's because of the contamination of the pollutants in the air. So that's why I'm here. Uh, I mean, that's why I continue to do what I'm doing. I believe in, in in a better world. I believe in our life ways. I have faith in them. I've seen them happen. I've seen the rain come when we asked for it. Those things were left behind for us to... To see, and uh, if you didn't know the language, you didn't know what you were, what you were, you're looking at. If you didn't know the ways, you didn't know what you had. We had sixteen of our, our deer songs that were recorded, and left behind. Uh, our language was recorded in 1886, and uh, there's a lot of research that I've done over the last 40 years, and uh, just on the tribe itself, and 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 I and at this point. A lot of the elders don't feel like we need to get the recognition from this government to be who we are. Some of them say we don't need a white man to tell us who we are. And that's exactly what they've been doing for a long time when they had all the mascot issues. So when you know the teachings and you know your ways, you know that you have a value system and it's not based on ideals of, of a country of generic makeup and, Many of us still call the United States uh, the United States of Generica <laughs> because uh, everybody's a little confused. And, you know, the bad thing about it is they become they absolve themselves from that confusion. They absolve themselves from any wrongdoing in the future. The insurance companies insure them only if it's not a an act of God. I don't know. And that's what drives me up to. wall. they talk about a God. But then they use God to absolve themselves from any wrongdoing, like what's happening with the, what happened with BBP and the uh, ongoing um, fire that's out in the Gulf of Mexico. It was a hurricane that tore, tore it down, so they said. And now they've they got a fire going on for 14 years out there. And what do they say? They well, it was an act of God. We're not responsible to clean it up. So who's going to clean up the mess, you know? And now they're proposing to do the same thing to Mars, you know, in the universe, you know, get out there. The space around us already has enough garbage that they've created. Uh, it wasn't enough to pollute our beaches with their plastics. Now they're polluting the space with, you know, debris up there. And um, I think it's, it's, it's high time that we start recognizing what is sacred in our lives. If money is what, what they trust in... Then let everybody know that, you know, money is their God. <laughs> For us, we hold the land sacred, and because our people are buried there, our people come from there, our creation story starts at Boca Chica, the mouth of the river, and we talk about how the Creator, when they came, they went up the river and, and uh, started creating all, these, all these, these things, the plants, the animals. And then coming back down the Rio Grande from the, from the mountains, started gathering all the, the nice things of each one of the animals. and they put them in their hand. And um, when they came at the end, they took sand and they took some of the ocean, and they clapped it together and they created first woman. And, um, and that's because you know they, they were feeling you know lonely by themselves. Here and so they created first woman, and then Creator left to finish the universe and uh, still working on finishing the universe. And so it'll be a, a while before Creator they come back over here. These are these are things that are important to us to understand how we are connected to each of the things that have been created through that first woman, and then what was left over. Creator took all of that and made first man. (laughs) So (laughs) that's uh, the way we, that was told the story. I thought it was funny, but it gave us a a better understanding of where we come from, that we honor our mothers. We honor the women and um, we follow the mother's clans. And that was was important. That makes a, a big part of what, my, my prime directives are that I live by, by my grandmother always telling me, know who your people are. You don't want to marry your cousin, you know. Or um, my grandfather saying, go find our lands, get our lands back. But he never told me that that, that uh, there was this huge land base that existed. I found, I found the deeds to some of the land that was given to the Mancias family. And it's, uh, a lot of credit goes to, you know, my own family members and, and relatives like Arturo Mancias and a lot of the Mancias that still live in South Texas. Uh, I was the first generation born away from the Rio Grande, but I was not left without, a, without an understanding and a connection to the land that was there. I mean, because the land ran all the way up into the canyons, Palo Duro and all the way up into Carrizo Canyon. My grandfather was, he made what, he came from the line of cowboys working the longhorns. My dad did too. And um, my mom was, she was actually the middle child of 13 kids and they were good people. They were always giving. I'm not saying that they were great, but they were good, none of us are that great. But they were good people, and that's part of the land that, that exists now. It's bad. It's really bad that we we had to um, criminalize, you know, anything that happens because we don't see um, or accept the invading religions that came in here, and um, they call themselves missionaries. <laughs> And but they don't know exactly what those missionaries do to us when they come in, and I think for a long time that was the, a lot of the problems that we have had have been side effects or byproducts of, of of a society that doesn't care what really happens to us, and they and they absolve themselves from that. That's the whole thing. There's a self absolution. They they forgive themselves for any wrongdoing that they've done. You know that's um, one of the things that, that I write about. I've got two small books that I've published, and and one of them's called "So Your Grandma's an Indian," and you don't like controversy. <laughs> and um, the other one's called "Just the Sounds of Oppression." And I think that if you listen very carefully to the laws that are being made, like the no protest law that was passed in Texas, you can hear the sounds of oppression. You can hear where it's all about, you know, their God, the money, and um, how everything is now, you have, you know, you have to pay for air, you have to pay for water, you have to pay for land. That wasn't uh, the way here. You know, you shared the land, you you uh, shared the water, you kept the water clean, you knew where the the, the clean waters, the spring waters were at, and, and you shared them. And, of course, the air was always clean. One of the things I tell people is that they have to recognize the fact that they are, you know, 70% water. All of us are. And when we cross over, you know, go back to the stars, we say that, uh, that water becomes part of this environment. And our bodies, they wither and they decay and become part of the land. So the last breath you take, you know, is put out into the atmosphere. So when we breathe, and, and when we, we breathe, we're breathing our ancestors. When we drink the water or bathe in that water, we're bathing in our ancestors. And uh, when we partake from food that is growing in the, in, in the land, we're being nourished by our, by our ancestors. And that's the connection that we have It's understanding that connectedness and the relationship that we have with, not just with each of these animals, with each of these plants, but also with, you know, um, the land itself, the earth itself. And that's why we all call it Mother Earth, you know, or Grandmother Earth. It's a um, distinct connection. That we never lose it from because we we accept the fact that we're part of it, and that's what I why we always say uh, it's not that we own the land; it's that the land owns us. It's at the um, the water that that we're polluting and using to pollute the land with um, the fracking that goes on. I mean that was predicted four thousand years ago. There's a picture of it at um, the paintings down in Seminole Canyon. But again, they've romanticized that whole concept because they don't, they don't think any further than that, than their nose. They don't see any further than that. They see that there is a, a, a dollar, a dollar sign and that's all that exists because even time now is being sold. If you ever used the term, um, time is money. Time is money. You know, uh, that's uh, another one. Uh, it's just, you know, it it sounds very it's it's very it's a very serious situation that we're in. When people want to um, say that things like plastics, when a country says, like Saudi Arabia says, uh, plastics is um, is necessary, we need it to survive. But five hundred and thirty years ago, when they landed on these lands, there was no plastic. <laughs> So I, I don't know I mean we we've we've learned to survive and they the creator gave us give us a science that was very simple to, to 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 balance out who we were but we've taken that 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 science and, and created created a monstrosity in in this in these industries and um, Texas LNG and Rio Grande LNG is exactly what they they're doing right now by even digging, digging up our graves. That's the other prime directive. I have three prime directives that I live by. The other one was from a, an interview that was done with one of my great-great-great-relatives, great-great-grandfather. Great His name was Manuel Calazos. They're trying to build a railroad back in 1871, and they went looking for the Carrizos because they found this massive gravesite in Devil's River in Val Verde County, and there it, it says, he asked the, uh, I guess it's a Corps of Engineer the captain, his name was Hawkins. He asks, asks him, and he says, um, so what are you going to do with my people? And the guy said, well, we're going to have to move them because we got to build a railroad through here. And he very seriously looks at him and says, now my people will die by another. So every time you're digging up one of our people again, you're killing us again. That's the genocide that is ongoing, and that's what exactly is happening at at uh, places like with the Texas LNG and the Rio Grande LNG, where they both have bought into the uh, into the Garcia pasture, which is the monument that we've put. The World Monument uh, Foundation is uh, is is watching and trying to stop this madness of 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 this uh, exporting all these resources out. Because um, Total out of France is also wants to get um, part of this LNG for, for France. And France has a strict uh, no fracking and uh, no fossil fuels policy. You'll see it during the Olympics because it's going to be, they're working at it, trying to make it plastic free, the first Olympics to be plastic free. Mm. And I think that Because of some of our efforts and and the World Monument Fund and um, some of the other groups that have been involved with us in trying to fight this, it's making a a big, 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 um, you know, dent in what goes on over there. So if the United States can go there representing itself plastic-free, that would be great. You know, but uh, I doubt it. that's going to happen.
1: So like I mentioned before, here's the second break. And then Chairman Mencius will be continuing on with what he was saying.
0: You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss, and if your identity is stolen, your dedicated US-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks?
1: Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
0: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands.
1: Alright, and jumping right back into uh, where Chairman Mencius left off.
0: The Garcia Pastures thirty
2: two village site that was surveyed back back in the twenties, nineteen twenties by some guy named Anderson, T. S. Anderson, and he was looting the place and selling a lot of the artifacts to to museums. So a lot of the museums have some of our artifacts and we'd like them back. Buddhist museum at one time uh, had like 120 of our infant remains, and um, they were babies. They were wrapped in rabbit fur blankets, and, and uh, they were selling them on eBay at one time. And uh, which to me was the other reason that I, I just, I just. I saw that there was no humanity in this science and there was no humanity about giving life to the people. And they were still practicing, you know, the whole doctrine of discovery. So it it, it hurts me to know that these things happen. I, I was taught that, you know, the battlegrounds have changed. There's no longer, you know, the bullets and the guns and the bows and arrows are in, but the battlegrounds have changed to be the court courtrooms, not just in this country, but worldwide. And uh, to take these um, invading countries that came into our lands and hold them accountable for what they've done. And, and hopefully those countries will hold this country accountable for what it continues to do. The genocide that it's, it's uh, doing, the tribal erasure, the uh, cultural erasure. I saw some guy the other day had a T-shirt that said that the cancel culture uh, stole this country. I'm going like, oh, my God, I can't believe these people. But the thing is that it goes further than that. It's it's the They, in their mind, think they own stuff, and they don't own it. We're only part of it, part of this creation, and we have to learn to be a part of it. The creator, they, they made sure that we understood that. At least that, that teaching was given to us. I don't know where their teaching went, that they don't recall that anymore. But it's all about, you know, divide and conquer kind of mentality they have. Is that, um, There's a there's power in, in, in killing people. And I don't see that. <laughs> and especially the way that they do things and the way they want to continue uh, seeing these things. But there's a lot of history involved here. And um, the uh, peyote grounds are are a big part of where we lived on both sides of that river. And there's been a constant of take, 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 take and not putting anything back. But the creator put that medicine in that place, you know, and and that's where the creator put it. And that's why that, that medicine has the strength that it has. For a lot of us, especially our people, and I think that a lot of our own uh, people have don't understand just you know the basic sciences of of, of the creation and how it happened. There's a, a book out called uh, "Destroying Dogma" that was a lot of excerpts after Ryan Deloya passed away. A lot of his excerpts were put into that book but it's called destroying dogma and one of the biggest things that he would talk about was that he would talk about why was not our creation story important only the one that was written in the bible and and basically it's, again is that we were not considered to be human beings even though we told them over and over i mean there's i mean even the word humanos down here means humans in spanish they that didn't even dawn on them they just called them humanos, and uh, and it just became a, a name of a, of a group of natives that were there. But it was us. We're the Eshtokna. That's what Eshtokna means it means uh, a human being. And we've got and if you put somisak onto it, the human beings of this area, this of this land of Texas, that's what we call Texas now. But we didn't have words for prayer. We had to put several words together to say prayer. So you know, we say uh, which means I'm throwing my voice out, and because uh, that's part of singing. And it's also you know we say Mawayo, I'm singing, the voice, and Pes, which means you know look into my look into my wishes, into my desires, what I'm looking at. So it was, it was a it was a connection to to that inner person of understanding our presence on this earth and our responsibility to it. And we only took what we had. We were very we were migratory people who we went up and down the river. So you'll find villages all along the river, and that's becoming very evident now because of our relationship with the uh, customs and border patrol people and what they're trying to to do and trying to build this nuisance that they call a border wall. It's not even at the border because the border is right in the middle of the river. And, of course, uh, here's how, how smart their science is. That, that river meanders and it moves and it leaves Oxbow Lakes. That, that boundary changes all the time. And I think that that's why we... Um, want to make sure that people understand that there was a simple science here involved in what was going on because we understood and we had that relationship with the environment. And, uh, the first thing it was to get rid of us, then they could get into, they could get to the environment. The first, um, one of the first explorations into Texas was by one of the explorers called Chamuscado. He came in and, um, Run into uh, Juan Savieta and to Quisbenive. Cuis Benive comes from our language, which means red elk. The, his, the clans that he had were at Pue- Pecos Pueblo, which is um, the, on this side of the the Sangre Cristo Mountains. That's why you know we have a word for elk and you know, a word for all this. And but Quis means red in our language. And Beneva means elk, and that, and that tells you that where we were at, where we lived, <laughs> and and they let this guy Chamuscado through a, a wild goose chase through the mountains of the Davis and the Delawares, because they didn't want to show him where all the easy pass was and where all the water was, so. Took him almost uh, almost a year to get back to to Mexico, and, but by then, by then he had taken over. He had already killed like over three thousand four hundred buffalo and taken as much of the freshwater pearls that he could find. I mean, they they even say in the in the research that they were the pearls were freshwater pearls and the. Quality was not at the best, but it was still a pearl. And you're going like, wow, these guys are something else. And they'll find any way to, to degrade the population, to degrade the the teachings of the land. And I think that that still continues today by these guys going around digging up paint rock and having uh, so-called native people going in there and and pretending that they know what they're talking about and they don't and the thing is that if they had any connection to those relatives they'd leave them alone but again uh, you know it's, and it's not a superstitious thing it's a, it's just a question of our people need to rest in peace as, as well just like Davy Crockett does and Ria does and all those guys so but they're they don't care about they just dig us on up build a pipeline right through it. Have I let's say anything else yet? (laughs) (laughs) That was quite a bit there.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I think we just recorded pretty much the whole episode. (laughs) Yeah. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure we get to like anything maybe specific about Garcia pasture? Like if there's any like background, that you want to give, so our listeners will will understand all of that situation better.
2: Well, I, I think that we, what we need to we need to do is, and this I've been saying this for a couple of years now. We uh, have to really go after some of the local governments, and for their lack of um, business knowledge and, and you know, of course, scientific data that's been offered to them. I think one time they were talking about the FERC was. Was talking about how um, how much pollutants and particulates were going to go into the air from just one project. They weren't looking at at that time. There were three projects, and so, but they're still not. I think they're only looking at one project at a time, and they're saying, "Well, they're 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 they qualify under the EPA." But when you take both of those projects together, it's out of whack. And I mean, they're putting a lot of pollutants into the air there's a, a high threat of them exploding because of SpaceX being there and what happened with this last rocket. And of course, you know, to, to get their, their monies, they weren't honest with their proposal and said that the blast zone would only be like three miles and it ended up being like six or seven, eight miles. And, uh, and it was, it was a, a lot of damage to, and right after that, there was a tornado <laughs> on top of that. And Couple of children died, and, and one 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 uh, gentleman, and then there were there were kids that were lost for a while. They didn't know where they were because the tornado took them off, or well, they couldn't find them in the rubbish. And, uh, but nobody talks about these things. And that tornado was only about two th- two to three miles away from that's pasture. So the ancestors themselves are really speaking out, and and showing that they're they're not happy with what's going on down there but you know of course yeah their god is more important than human life so they're ready to continue sacrificing human people to get whatever they need to gentrify the human being they call they call it gentrification or urbanization whatever you want to call it but it's actually gentrifying the humans in in those areas because the mom and pops restaurants that are so important in that area that because it's a tourist area are going to lose a lot of, a lot of funding. I think that the people that are making these decisions economically or market market wise, they're, they're being handed a, a dangling carrot and everybody's trying to get, take a bite out of the carrot. And they're going to find out that the carrot's made out of plastic because it's nothing but lies anyway, coming from, from SpaceX and from the, you know, from next decade and the the group of investors for Texas LNG, uh, these guys um, they they're using marketing like uh, it's important. When even some of the so-called um, environmentalist groups in the state uh, are saying that they um, support carbon capturing sequestration, and in in the long run, they're they, they they don't even know if it's proven. They only every every time they've had a carbon sequestration plant, it's blown up somehow. I don't know, some some has happened to it, and and they want to set another one up that's going to be huge, one of the biggest ones in the world, down in in uh with the Rio Grande, you know LNG, and that's how they sold this whole project to the administration because they thought that this was going to cut down on pollutants, but they're taking I don't know. It's uh, 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 like 16 tons of of uh, gigatons. Let me say gigatons of of uh, carbon dioxide out of the air, putting it into the ground. But the ratio is not consistent with what is being put out of CO2 by the rest of the population, and also by the fracking that's going on right now, because we have so many fracking flowers in the Permian Basin. And now the Eagle Ford Shell started back up, you know, fracking again. With all that pollution going into the air, uh, 16 megatons compared to 600, I don't think that's a conducive ratio to, to make a decision to let them have, you know, that. I think what they need to do is just stop, um, they stop from having human beings be collateral damage and let's let the, uh, the industry be the collateral damage. Let, they need to shut down. They need to stop them. And that's why in Texas, they, they're just doing away with any kind of history that, that, that holds them accountable for their stupidity and for their ignorance and for their genocide. And um, they, they just want to maintain a, a very ignorant society in Texas. That has no responsibility, has no accountability to their actions. And as long as the the history is told by them who write the laws, again, we don't have any representation because uh, Texas that I know of has no natives on in their Congress.
1: So, if somebody is interested in supporting, you know, all of the efforts that you mentioned. Is there a place for them to go
2: in order to do that? You can go to our website. Uh, it's it's uh, car, nation.com Because it looks like it'll say, like, don't, when you look at it, you think it's saying donation, but it's nation.com And there's a, where you can put money there for, uh, to, if you want to help us out. What we're doing is, I just bought another. I just closed out on a, on a deal for the tribe on on some five point five acres in Cameron County. That's that's now we have eleven acres there. And what I'm doing is, I'm trying to block them from bringing in the Rio Bravo pipeline, which is Embridge sponsored. So we can get enough land along that side. With it's a sacred side. Loma Alta is there there was an archaeological site there and they had found some some burials in that area and they've been maintained and protected one of them became a um, is a private uh, wildlife refuge and we're just down the street from it we acquired the land and that land's going to be either become a spiritual center or an information center of some kind where we're able to maintain some kind of agricultural and we're trying to buy more of the land down there so that we can continue to stop this block to to block this pipeline from coming through. It'll, it'll take a a while for them to deal with us, even though they, they they do believe in horizontal fracking, but we ain't moving (laughs) because it's our land. It'll be actually quote unquote, our lands, the colonized way because we'll own them. There's another, I think, 13 acres that being offered right now for like $47,000. And I, I sure would love to to get the, that land because those lands are right on the path of the, of, the, of the pipeline. There's another pipeline that came through there that we were the only ones fighting at the time. Nobody was listening to us. Nobody listens to what's going on in Texas because, according to everybody, well, you're not federally recognized kind of attitude. Which is a, a very colonized settler mentality, and I guess if we're going to be the, the wild Indians, we might as well be the wild Indians, you know, and maintain our our sovereignty by holding on to and fighting them on their courts and and, and whatever it takes to to keep them from destroying our sacred sites, and uh, and we're going to protect our ancestors you know, as well, and that's what we we're, we're we're doing right now. But be nice to be able to buy some all, as much of that land there as possible and turn it into the first Native American or first uh, Native original people's university in Texas. Hmm. That would freak out at every Texan.
1: <laughs> wow, okay, so we will'll we'll put a link to that donate page in the show notes. Um, so anyone that's interested in donating and supporting, that effort to purchase land and and fight oil and gas development on sacred lands. You can go there and make your donation and we'll have some other links in there as well. But yeah, I just want to say thank you so much for, for taking so much time out to talk to me about these important topics and all of the, the important efforts that you guys are are working on to protect, you know, this land.
2: So thank you. Well, I just want to, I just want to give a shout out to, you know, to the world monument fund foundation and, and also to ANCUS and the Magnum Foundation for helping us out in every way they possibly can, because I mean it's important. It's it's made a it's made a big statement about how we care for our lands and our ancestors here. So I, I do appreciate that. Now we can just uh, sell it to the uh, non non business people that are not politicians of the area. Would be fine. So I think that's my other ways just to kind of make them realize how bad of a bad, a bad venture this is to build those those places there. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I appreciate you.
1: Thanks for listening to the Heritage Voices podcast. You can find show notes at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com slash voices. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or the Google Play Music Store. Also, please share with your friends or write us a review. Sharing and reviewing helps more people find the show and gets the perspectives of Heritage Voices' amazing guests out there into the world. Don't we just need more of that in anthropology and land management? If you have any more questions, comments, or show suggestions, please reach out to me at Jessica at livingheritageanthropology.org. If you'd like to volunteer to be on the show as a guest or even a co-host, reach out to me as well, jessica at livingheritageanthropology.org. You can also follow more of what I'm doing on Facebook at Living Heritage Anthropology and the nonprofit Living Heritage Research Council or on Twitter at Living Heritage A. As always, huge thank you to Lyle Balenqua and Jason Nez for their collaboration on our incredible logo.